But I'd like to let you see something in Joshua chapter 1. The feelings of discouragement will always come. But please don't receive it. Fight, fight it. Forget about the problem and fight that discouragement. Because that's the enemy trying to bring something in. That's a door. If you read in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, it says, well, I'll start from verse 6. Let me go to verse (laughs) 5. Okay. (laughs) No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. How many days of your life? All the days of your life. This is a promise from God. They will want to stand against you. But God said they will not be able to stand all the days of your life that's a promise that God made don't let that promise go all the days of your life as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you nor forsake you now Moses is Jesus of the Old Testament you need to understand that is the Messiah for the Old Testament folks. So God is saying, as I was with Jesus, Jesus himself said, as the Father has loved me, even so love I you. He says the same love that God has for him, he has for us. So he's saying, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Then, the next word, be strong and of a good courage. God's part is never to leave you. Always to be with you, just as he was with Moses. Just as he was with Jesus. Always. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will be with you even to the end of the age. But your part, be strong and of a good courage. Why? Because times of discouragement will tend to come. But if you allow it, then the enemy will be able to stand before you. Just be strong and of a good courage. In other words, don't get discouraged. For to these people you shall divide as an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong. And what? Be very courageous. Don't get discouraged. Be very courageous. Why? Because times of discouragement will tend to come. And it comes to every one of us. And Satan would like to take your mind from the scriptures, from the word of God, into what you're dealing with. You think about it, you try to resolve it in your mind, it's so difficult, so convoluted, you just can't do it, so you get discouraged. You can't see tomorrow. 
But he knows the end from the beginning. And he says, you've already won. There is really no fight. The battle is the Lord's. Don't get discouraged. No matter what you've done, even in ministry, ministers tend to get discouraged. You know, sometimes it's number, sometimes it's finances. I have to learn. I'm not looking at that. I only know one thing. Be faithful. That's all God needs from us. Faithfulness. If you have faith, you will be faithful. If you don't have faith, you will not be faithful. You may not sin, but you will not be faithful to the Lord. You just can't follow Him. Faithfulness. That's all He's asking. Jesus said, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the big things as well. So all He's looking for, He says, come, blessed of the Lord, thou good and faithful servant. But when you get discouraged, it's hard to be faithful. It's hard to keep doing what God is giving to you to do. Because you're looking at the circumstances. Every one of us, every one of us has a ministry. Your ministry may not be here. Your ministry may be your job. Your ministry may be something else. Your ministry, whatever that is. Whatever you're doing in the kingdom, the Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. So, the outcome is not your problem. That's up to Him. But whatever you're doing, you do it with faithfulness. You do it with all of your heart. He'll give the result. One sows, the other waters, He gives the increase. I don't have to concern myself about the increase. He's going to take care of that. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about ministry now. I'm talking about whatever you're dealing with. Whatever you're dealing with is your ministry. Whatever it is. It's your ministry to the kingdom. Because we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for Him. You are not your own anymore. So whatever you're doing, whether you eat or drink, sleep or wake, whatever is going on in your life, if you will understand you don't belong to you anymore, you gave it that right over to him. Let him take control. Then there is no need to be discouraged. Because he has control over what's going on in your life. Sometimes when he seems the darkest, he's so close. And that's when people miss it. Because it seems so dark. They get discouraged. And sometimes they complain. I read further. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. You see, if you are not strong and not very courageous, you won't do it. You'll get discouraged. You'll quit. <laughs> you just quit. It's not working. You say, I've done everything I know to do. Tried, I've prayed, I've fasted. You have all the list. And 
you get discouraged. And another thing is that we need to watch. This is not prepared. I just felt led to do this tonight. Most times when you've had a big victory, watch out. <laughs> the next thing you're going to get discouraged. Satan is going to bring it some one way or the other. And we have to look to that. So you don't get troubled by what you're, what you're saying. You remember the story of Elijah. The greatest victory he had on Marcana. If he wanted the king killed on that day, they'll do it. If he wanted he have killed on that day, and Jezebel, all of them, he killed all of them. All he has to say is, get him and get his wife also. And the people will say, the Lord, he is God. Okay, We'll get rid of all of them. And right after that great victory, just a word from a woman. He was already defeated because she said, you know, tell Ahab, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Well, why don't you do it now if you really can, can do it? She couldn't. And just was, that was just a threat. And then he got so discouraged and he was saying things that were not true. And God had to correct him. You magnify the negatives. If you read that story very well, there was uh, a fellow, I can't recall his name, whether Ben Hidet or whatever. A man that told him, I have been keeping God's prophets. I fed them in the caves. A hundred of them. I fear the Lord. Yet uh, Elijah was saying to the Lord, I am the only one left. And they're trying to kill me. See, when you're discouraged, you don't see clearly. He wasn't trying to lie to God. He was fully persuaded he was the only prophet left. Yet that fellow said, I have have 50 prophets here and I have another 50 prophets. He says, well, I'm the only guy left. God said, no. I got 7,000 of them that have not bowed their knees to bow. So, verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Not your problem. Don't meditate on the problem. Meditate on the word day and night. What the enemy wants us to do is meditate on the problem. Day and, and we really do it at night. Tossing back and forth. Kissing to ourselves. Wondering. <laughs> you kneel for a while. You don't know what they say. You get back on your bed. <laughs> and you're meditating on the problem. You can't wait till the morning to make that phone call to that sympathetic ear that can... He's talking about the problem. You're meditating, but he says, day and night, meditate on the word. Don't allow the word to depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous. So instead of focusing on the problem, focus on the word. And you will make your way prosperous. You'll find a way to get out of the problem. Amen. 
and then you shall have good success. But look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Again, be strong and of a good courage. See, he repeats it over and over again. See, this is a very important truth. You cannot allow discouragement into your life. Regardless of what's going on. I'm not saying you won't feel discouraged. Don't accept it. Every one of us feels discouraged. The suggestion will come. Disappointment, discouragement. You just don't receive it. I look at it from the viewpoint of healing. I feel symptoms all the time. For every day. I feel them. But I don't talk about them. I wake up like I'm well and I keep going. And then the symptoms disappear. And then other symptoms come. I just keep going. I'm well. I refuse to be sick. Jesus has paid the price for my healing. That's the truth. I'm not going to lay down. I don't need any sympathy. I won't tell you like I'm sick. I'm just keep, I keep going. I don't meditate on that. When, it's, I'm willing, when I'm feeling the symptoms, I'm meditating on the scriptures. By his stripes, I am healed. And that's the truth. On Sunday I said, if you are fully persuaded from the word, that the word means more to you than what's happening to you in the natural, you get the result. We focus too much on what we're seeing in the natural. But God says you are not of the flesh. You are not in the flesh. So we must operate in the, in the spirit. And in the spirit realm, as far as God is concerned, Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father. And he is bragging in heaven, I believe. I healed all of them. <laughs> My stripes healed all of them. Remember what he said? It is finished. Yeah. Heaven said, okay, yes, that's right. You finished the job. You did a good job. You can sit down now. Right? He's resting. He's finished everything. He's just waiting for the enemy to be put completely under your feet. Because we are his body. But up there in heaven, it's already done. God has already healed all of us. He's not going to heal us. He's already done it. We need to renew our minds. And we need to look beyond what we see in the natural and what we feel in the natural. And begin to see what God has already said to us. If it has to do with things, remember what the scripture says. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He is not going to give to us. He has already given to us. We focus on that more than what we see in the natural. And that's what God wants, where God wants us to be. Jesus looked to the future and he endured the cross. So we look to our future and we can endure what's going on right now. That's the way of faith. This is the way. Remember, Christianity was called the way. <laughs> it's the way of faith. Where we are believing in things that don't make sense to the natural man. Amen. What you're saying doesn't make sense to them. You can see it. They can't see it. Amen. Jesus said they are blind. That's 
Their eyes, they're blind. The God of this world is blinded their eyes, their minds. They can't see these things, but you can. But until you see it, you won't understand it and can't walk in it. It's hard to walk into a dark room if you've never been in that room before. And I tell you, walking to me is dark. First question is, what do you have in that room? <laughs> so just go in. Say, no, tell me what you got in the room. You want to know. But if you've been in the room and you know what, what, where everything is at, I mean, I can walk into this place dark and I try to walk in here. Even if I can't see because I know where everything is configured. That's knowledge. Knowledge gives you light. Even if you're in darkness, you can still see so we need to see the word of God. You don't need that discouragement tonight. The shouting we did, that's enough. Get your encouragement from the word. Amen. You notice one of the things the prophecy does for us? To encourage us. Why? God doesn't want discouragement. Because as long as you discourage, God can't work with you. So you need a prophecy. <laughs> Somebody to prophesy to you. To help you wake up from where you are. Because you've allowed circumstances to discourage you. It's always tomorrow for God. And tomorrow is always better. It may be the weeping may last for the night. But joy is coming up in the morning. That's a promise from God. That is a promise from, from God to all of us. We are His precious children. God truly loves us. We are special. The Bible is very clear. We are a new kind of creatures on the earth that didn't exist before Christ came. There was no body, there was none like us before Jesus came. You have to understand that. There was no one that was born again until after the death of Christ. We are a new creature. You couldn't be in Christ while he was still here. And he's gone. We are in him. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That is why the Bible says, everyone who knows Christ, everyone who is born of God, overcomes the world. Remember the scripture? Everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. Whether they are born of God today or they've been born of God 30 years ago, we just have to believe this and act on it. And that's why I have confidence for my tomorrow. He's going to be good. I don't see today and I don't, I don't accept obstacles. I pray against them. I can recognize this could be an obstacle and I pray against it and have my victory before I get there. God will take care of us. There's a song that says, God will take care of you. Don't be afraid. He will take care of you. You have a special assignment, every one of you. Special assignment. What you can do for the kingdom, I can't do. He is depending on you. He's not going to fail you. And he doesn't want you to fail him. Be strong and of a good courage.
Don't allow, because you don't have water to drink, to discourage you like they did in the wilderness. And they complained, and then God gave them abundance of water to drink. I guess they said, well, I wish, I wish we knew that water would come from the rock. We wouldn't have complained. Well, it's too late. You complained. And God wasn't happy. Why not just wait and see what God would do? A problem is usually an opportunity for God to perform a miracle in your life. If he allows it, he's about to take you up. If you go through it with a good heart and a good attitude. There can be no worse problem than what Job went through. Had you explained that? A man that was so careful in everything he did just to please God. But God allowed Satan to attack him. He didn't understand. You can read through the book of Job. He was frustrated and said a lot of stupid stuff. And but he repented later when God appeared. Because God said, Who is this that darkens uh, knowledge with words without wisdom? He, he had no, no knowledge of what, what had happened. But he repented. But through that, that terrible situation, Job's latter life is a whole lot better than the first. And today, the story is written there for us. So you can learn God's ways. That's part of His ways of allowing things. Sometimes you you can't explain why. But you can get discouraged. Job was discouraged, but he said, But I know my Redeemer lives. That was his victory. God was pleased with him in spite of everything that happened. We need to follow God fully in faith. Faith is what pleases God. If you have faith, it's hard to get discouraged if you trust in God. You know, faith in God is just, I trust God. I don't understand what's going on, but I trust Him. You can, you can see that in the life of Paul when he was in the ship. He had warned the captain, but he had no control over the ship. Remember that? And he said, the angel of God appeared to me tonight, and he gave me some words, and I believe God. It be exactly what he told me. So you guys can go ahead and eat. But he was not discouraged. He wasn't crying. He wasn't frustrated. He believed God. The word was, you will stand before Caesar, Right? So this is nothing. I like it when you listen to ministers. Have you had prophecies over your life? Do you believe those prophecies? I've had prophecies spoken to me from strangers, you know. I believe those prophecies. And so regardless of what's happening today, I believe those prophecies. They came from men of God and from the Spirit of God to me. And what's happening to me cannot stop that prophecy. I reject if it's negative. 
Because that prophecy has to be fulfilled. The Bible is very clear. It says in the last days, God will pour His Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So when I get a prophecy from you, I know it's coming from the Lord. I believe that prophecy has got to be fulfilled. I'm not going to die before the fulfillment of that prophecy that God gave to you for, to me from you. Unless you die first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I believe that prophecy. I have it down. And I studied them. So I don't get discouraged. You look beyond what you're going through. Because the Spirit of God is one. God cannot lie. God really cannot lie. That's why I have the confidence. It's going to be well. It's going to be well. If a pastor, you have to deal with different issues coming up. No need to have a restless night just because of one problem. God is able. He will take care of it. Amen. 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 How many like to please God? Okay, good. This I read about Jesus. In Matthew 17, verse 5, this was on on Mount of Transfiguration. It says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. I like to hear that voice about me. (laughs) How many of you would like that voice to come? (laughs) But I really love that. God speaking out couldn't help himself. Right? He has said it when Jesus was baptized, right? Here again, he came out from nowhere just speaking. Just so pleased with this man. I know, you know, we like to say, well, that was Son of God. That was Jesus of Nazareth. But he was a man, true man. And the Bible says anyone who says Jesus didn't come in the flesh is a false prophet. Right? He was a real man. He left his powers in, he- in heaven. He left, left those powers there and came in here as a man. And had to depend on his father. But his mind was set. And the father came saying, that's my beloved son. I am well pleased with him. Another thing that Jesus said, and I'd like you to be able to say that. I'd like to be able to say that. This should be our goal. In your Christian walk, I'm talking about Christian maturity. It's not just shouting and screaming and having prophecy and all of that. Those things are good. Doing the works, praying for all of for the sake. Helping people receive the Holy Spirit, that's good. But can I say this? What I'm about to read, can you say that? John 8:29. You got it? It says, And he who sent me is with me. It's a lot of confidence. Jesus was talking to his enemies. He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Why? For I always do 
those things that please him. Can you say that? I always do the things. Not sometimes, always. I always do those things that please him. That should be the goal of every Christian. Not how you can wiggle away from something. It's not pleasing, but it's not bad. Always. He said it with so much confidence. Why was the father with, was, why was the father with him always? He did always. Everything he did was pleasing to the father. That must be my goal as a Christian. That must be your goal. As a Christian. So the father could say. Notice this. John chapter 8. And if you read in John chapter 17. Jesus praying to the father. It's a great prayer. They glorify your son. With the glory that I had with you. Before the foundations of the earth. So all this while he knew. He had it. While he was speaking he didn't. Right? Glorify me with the glory I had with you. So while he was on earth, he didn't have it. Yet, he pleased the Father, and the Father was so close to him every step of the way, because he always did those things that pleased him. What things are we talking about? Remember the scripture says, Anything that is not of faith is what? Sin. No matter what you do. Even if it's good works. If it's not born out of faith. Unacceptable. So everything that we do has to be through faith. So it's not how you feel. Going back to Sunday message and I'm going back there on Sunday as well. This is one key principle. It's not how you feel. It's not what you see with your natural eyes. You don't let that rule you. If you decide to be ruled by what you read from this book, you've got it made. And the constant fight, the fight of faith, is Satan trying to take your eyes away from what you read from the book, your mind away from what you read from the book, using circumstances, using situations, using the voice of people, sometimes people you trust, coming at you to move your eyes and your mind from what you know from this book. Things of faith. Things you can't see. Things that can go through just the natural ears. But into your, things that will only go into your spirit. The ears of your spirit. He doesn't want you to go through those things because those things are unnatural. And the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. So you are a spirit man. The Bible tells you so. You are not in the flesh. I read that on Sunday. I didn't say that. God said that. And if he said it, that's the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. You are a spirit being. Not before you were born again. The spirit you had was dead before you got born again. Now you are born of faith. And a spirit being born out of faith. For by grace are you saved. How? That's born again through what? Faith. 
So if you're born of faith, you are a product of faith. And you have to live by faith. But what we tend to do is go back into the natural, what they're telling us. What the doctors are saying and all of that. And then we get very fearful, discouraged. And Satan will have his victory over us. It's an amazing thing to read that Jesus, watching my time, Jesus was in the wilderness with those wild animals. No fear. It's written there. He had no fear. And it's an amazing thing that Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, finds nothing in me. It's nothing in me that he, he, that he lacks. That's where we want to go as believers. Only things of faith. Trusting God. Doing works of faith to obtain a good report. The good report means it's not possible based on what people see in the natural. But you believe it against hope. And God does it and then people can give glory to God. If you can do it, then you tell them it's no testimony. Why should I give glory to God for something I know you could... I mean, you, you had the power to do it. You had the means and you could have done it. So what's the big deal about it? But when it's something that you can handle and God has done it, or there's a problem that is so difficult... And God has come through. You tell your story. It's no longer a story. It becomes a testimony. There's going to be faith in a man's heart. And they'll say, if God would do it for him or her, I guess this same God would do it for me. I just have to be sure he loves me as much as he loves him or her. And then you let them know, God loves you as much. Jesus died for you. That's what it takes. That's the only thing that pleases God. I'll read this one scripture and I'll quit. You know, preachers say finally, and then they go back and say finally. <laughs> but Hebrews 11:6, scripture that you know, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. So Jesus must have been operating in a whole lot of faith. Right? Because the father was always exclaiming, Oh, my beloved son, I'm so pleased. <laughs> and faith is the only thing that pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So faith is believing something that you cannot really feel, see, hear. You can't touch it, but you believe it. He says, if you can live your life that way, God has found a man or a woman that he's really pleased on. You're not controlled by what you see, or what you hear, what you can smell, what the doctors tell you, what they put up on the slide before you and say, this is what it says. This is going to happen to you. You look at it, and you, you turn your eyes and say, did you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I heard you. And they repeat it. Expecting you to buckle, break down in fear. You're looking at them. Not worried. Then they realize, just like they said of Peter and John, then they took note of them. They have been with Jesus. (laughs) When it's all over, 
they heard you mentioning Jesus somewhere. Okay, this is one of those church people. <laughs> and they understand that. Faith pleases him. He says, for he who comes to God must believe. Must what? Believe. Must. Must. If you're coming to God with any problem, you must believe that He is. First, you have to believe that God is there. <laughs> and if God is there, how big is your problem? So if you're coming to God with a problem, then believe that God is. And then you bring your problem, God in your problem, right? Who's bigger? You have to believe that He is. That's what pleases Him. He becomes so big, your problems, well, let's not even talk about the problem. God, can we go to something else? I want to have fun with you. You're just too big for this problem. Really not, I, I, in passing, I just wanted to tell you that this problem is going, but let's go on to something else. You know, Jesus said before he raised Lazarus, he said, I'm just praying this prayer in the open because of all these, all these unbelieving believers around me. Uh, if not, I wouldn't have prayed. I'd just call Lazarus from the grave. But I'm saying this just so they can know hey, I'm dealing with you. Because he had already prayed. We don't know when he prayed. If you read this story... Did I say that was the last scripture? <laughs> if you read the story, he already told the disciples, he's dead. And we're going to wake him up. And we were not told that he was fasting and praying while they were walking, right? Just talking to himself and they said, boy, the master is really in deep prayer today. No. But when he got to the gravesite, he said, I know you've heard me. But I'm only saying it because of these unbelieving believers around me before doing the work. He, God, wants us to be like his son. Act like his son. Amen? Amen. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. No matter what the problem is, if you take that time out to seek God's face, you'll find him. No doubt. And that problem will be reversed. That problem will be reversed. I don't like to talk about problems too much. We talk about it little and then move on. Stand up with me. No discouragement. We shake that thing off today. No discouragement. God is on your side. If God be for us, who can be against us? And God is truly for us. Will you raise your hand? Oh, please, and let's worship the Lord tonight. And give Him praise. Thank God for whatever that is that is causing you discouragement. Not for it, but for your victory over it. Let God know that you believe that whatever this is, is going to come to pass. <laughs> he's, he's passing away right now. 
is passing away right now. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Whatever that problem is, that problem is passing away by the power of the name of Jesus. The problem is being resolved right now. The solution is being given to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we rebuke principalities and powers. Every force of evil that has been sent against your life to cause you discomfort and discouragement. In the name of Jesus, those forces have to back off right now. And I speak God's goodness over your life. I speak God's mercy over your life. I speak God's abundance into your life right now. Let the floodgates open. Let the blessings of God be released upon your life. Let the blessings of God come after you. Come on you and overtake you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Your word will not return to you void. Yes, you're here with us to confirm your word with signs following. Thank you, Lord. I reject sickness and disease for our congregation. I rebuke that spirit of infirmity. Every spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you today in the name of Jesus. Stay away from the people of the Ark Fellowship. You have no right. In the name of Jesus, you can't even touch the children. In Jesus' name, we come against you with the blood of Jesus, with the stripes of Jesus. Every stripe that he took, we come against you with the stripes and we whip you out of our lives. In Jesus' name, we're free from sickness and disease. We're free from poverty and lack. In Jesus' name, we're free from the power of sin. We're free from every addiction. In Jesus' name, only goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. We are strong. We are very courageous. Courageous in the Lord. We refuse to be discouraged because our Lord God is with us. Jesus is with us. We cannot be defeated. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have overcome the world by our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are overcomers. Thank you, Lord. The enemy has been defeated. We stand on his defeat tonight. In Jesus' name, we receive the goodness and the mercy that comes from our God and our Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Yeah.